Hello and welcome to this week's The Two Pinter with me, Jono. And me, Gaz. Uh, we're a pair of friends who like to debate all things sport. We're on uh, social media, Facebook and Twitter. You can find us at Pinter2. Um, uh, yeah, you can hear us today uh, discussing all things sport from the past weekend and trying to give you a bit of an idea of the weekend to come. Um, this week, Gareth, we'll have to start with Man City now back in control of the title race. Have Liverpool blown it with a pair of uh, back-to-back pretty damn tepid performances in, in two derby games where they looked less interested in uh, winning and more interested in uh, not losing? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's too early to say we've blown it. <laughs> We're a point behind uh, City with, uh, with 20, uh, 27 points still to play for. Um, yeah, certainly we've uh, it's disappointing. I think I said last week um, the United game would uh, would give us sort of context depending on how we did this week. If we came on top uh, with two wins against Watford and, and Everton, uh, then the the United points would perhaps um, seem an okay point. Um, but no, after after win against Watford and then a draw against uh, Everton, it doesn't uh, five points out of the week doesn't doesn't look that great and. Has certainly had a bit of a, uh, an impact on our um, on our title ambition. Um, you, do you still think that we're going to win? Obviously, you, you're a big fan of Liverpool, so you, you thought we were going to win the league, didn't you? Uh, I didn't. I thought City would win it. I did. Uh, did have a bet on you at the start of the season, as there was a there was a free five pound bet if you uh, if you every time you won in August. So uh, had on that because you had quite an easy August thing. But no, no. Oh, hello, just live update. Harry Kane has just scored for Spurs. Lovely finish to uh, oh. put them through in the Champions League, you'd have to think. This would be some comeback from here. Five goals in uh, 40-odd minutes. No, 35 minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I've... Uh, well, we've said it all season. and You've still been quite patchy, really. Um, you often don't play that well. Uh, and, yeah, I've been really astounded with the... Um, First United, but more so Everton. Um, mm. I mean, and, and uh, Everton, I mean, United, at least you've got some players in there who can probably damage you even, but they had um, they had an injury crisis and you didn't really seem to go for the jugular. And then Everton, the, what I watched the last half an hour, they were sort of looking more interested in winning and, uh, I mean, you weren't holding it. It wasn't like a back-to-the-wall effort or anything like that, but they, they seemed to be feeling that were keen to score and you seem fairly content to play out and not lose um, and for a team that's kind of built its whole identity around being a, a high flying high pressing attacking team which moves at pace and vigour you kind of yeah moved, moved the ball a bit sideways the past couple of weeks and um, yeah you, know, you had to sell around a chance could have scored um, well we had we had a few chances didn't we we had um, Fabinho missed within inside the six yard box somehow we tried to control it on his knee first before he hitting it in and Salah missed a couple of chances. Uh, Matip gets his customary uh, one game uh, or every game he seems to get the chance. Um, not the ideal person that you want on the end of uh, chances, but um, but yeah, no, I, I, I sort of agree with. with I, I think um, I've always been quite critical of Klopp's substitutions. Although I think he's been slightly. I, I think there has been improvement this year, but then why Shakiri or? Uh, Kite didn't come on as our attacking options rather than Lallana. I mean, Lallana's he's not he's not shown his his um, his best in a local shirt it was a couple of seasons or towards the end of a couple of seasons ago, and he's not shown the same attacking uh, attacking intent that he uh, that he has he once did. So yeah, I think well, probably got his substitutions wrong. Or starting a regi full stop. 
Um, no, I'm not sure about that. I think Origi, he, he was okay. Well, he played all right against Watford. Um, Firmino was was injured. Uh, I know Firmino was on the bench, but yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think we lost it because Origi started. I don't think Origi was massively out of place. Um, at least he he held up the ball a bit. He did create one or two little chances. Um, yeah, by no means a, a great threat, but but then Firmino still came on and um, yeah, still, we still had those front three playing. We didn't lose the or we didn't draw the game because Origi played. I think we, we drew the game because um, we couldn't finish our chances. Everton did have chances, but Van Dijk showed his his worth and seemed to get in the way of everything. Uh, and anything he didn't do, that Everton didn't. Everton were very good up to the the final. It's not even the final third. They were good in the final third as well. But the final kind of final ball or the final chance, uh, they had nobody to to finish it off. And yeah, like I say, I think Van Dijk was. Um, was uh, was very good, um, but yeah, from a local point of view, they they, they too had a, Everton too had a couple of last ditch tackles from from Dinya. Um, I think you adding one of your team of left backs when we did the uh, the team of the season so far uh, back in January. But um, but yeah, uh, what cost us was our, our ability to finish. I'm not saying you, you lost because of, or you sorry you drew because of Origi, but at the same time, you, would you not have been a more threatening? You say Origi holds the ball up, which I'm sure playing against the likes of Keane and Zuma, they're fine with. Are you not more threatening if you play Salah through the middle uh, or, or Mane and have a bit more pace to go at them and, um, and play someone on the wing who's a bit more threatening, like you say, a Shakiri or a Lana? Um, but we, to but we a, still create a chance as well for me who's on the pitch. I mean, Salah misses a one on one, so uh, you know, what. what <laughs> One more. If Salah puts that away, we're, we're, we're saying it was a good team performance, and um, Origi was the right man for the job. I'm not, not sure we are. Uh, I don't, he's, Origi in his Liverpool career has never done anything to really justify anyone being anywhere near a starting spot. So why it, it suddenly all changed now? Because he had a decent game against the Watford side. You battered. Uh, just yeah, well, you, you dismissed the Watford game. I mean, that was probably our. Our best, certainly our best performance this year, probably one of our best performances this season. Um, and Origi was, yeah, played well in that. And so, what, why, why drop it? I mean, if you want to be really critical, Origi's the uh, the only man to score in a Merseyside derby in the last three games, I think. Because uh, it was nil nil at Goodison last the end of last season, and there was a few changes made that day because uh, I think we we played. I think it was in the middle of the City game, City Champions League games. Um, so we dropped quite a few people, but, but yeah, Rigi's the only man to score in a Merseyside derby in the last he, certainly in the last three occasions. He, he can score if given a chance by an opposing team's goalkeeper, sure. But he but he scored and then he scored against Watford in in uh, midweek three days before and or four days before and that wasn't a, a, a keeper making a chance. That was him creating the chance on the edge of the box and then uh, and hitting it low past the keeper. It was a, it was a good goal. Did what I've been, but like I say, it's a team that you you battered and you, you clearly played off the pitch, uh, and then you're playing in a big derby game that, like I say, he's, he's been at your club for how many years now? Four, four five plus. And yeah, he spent some time on loan, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. He's barely been able to nail himself down a, a squad place, let alone a starting place, and just mm. I, I didn't think it was the most ambitious uh, team thing. And I think you might have been better if you played Shakiri wide and sat for a middle. It would have would have probably caused them more problems and. Um, yeah, I, I think you played tepidly. Your team selection, well, fairly routine, but um, yeah, I think it would have been more more interesting. Probably caused more more problems to play 
uh, a quicker, more dynamic player through the middle than uh, than Origi. But perhaps, but, it, but again, come back to the Watford game a couple of days ago. Salah plays wide on that one. Um, I mean, we score five goals, and Salah doesn't <laughs> doesn't get on the team sheet. Uh, doesn't get the score sheet, though. Um, you know, played all right against Watford. Um, Salah's form is poor at the moment. He's um, stuck on forty nine goals for us, and uh, doesn't seem to be able to get that fiftieth. He hasn't scored for quite a few games. Um, not this is the, this time last year. He was he was prolific, uh, sort of like the back straight of last season. Um, I don't know that playing him through the middle would have would have necessarily meant that he would have he'd have scored. Like I say, he didn't take his chances that he had. Um, why we think playing him through the middle was going to uh, going to mean that he would take his chances? He might get more chances playing through the middle though. <laughs> he's, 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 he's not going to score every chance he had. So saying that just he didn't take one chance means that you shouldn't have played him through the middle either. So I think that's a, uh, a silly. Yeah, well, it wasn't just one chance he had, was it? What one was the was the one on one, which was the clear one. I mean, he, he had another one in the first half. We uh, sort of typical Salah from last season, certainly where he he cuts in on his left and uh, curls it into the to the far corner. But this time it just went straight down the middle and into um, Pickford's waiting arms. Um, yeah, he, he, he had more than one chance, but um, he had good chances, but just just couldn't finish. Um, like I say, I think he's he's a man who's not particularly in form at the moment, or and he's he's not doing my fantasy football team any good, really. But <laughs> are you or are you expecting too much based on a, a last season? He's just sort of coming down to earth now and being a, a, a world class, very good player, but not a, a Messi or Ronaldo, and isn't forty goals a season every season. Yeah, that that as it may, but it, it still means he, he hasn't scored in. I don't know. Was the last time he scored four games ago, five games ago? Um, that, that's a bit of a dry spell for for any striker, you know, let alone sort of Salah, who's, who was top goal scorer in the Premier League uh, not so long ago. So are you you saying that when uh, for Firmino's back for the next game, it's uh, Salah to the bench and uh, Origi in for, or Firmino in for uh, Salah and uh, Origi Mane? Uh, Firmino from free, perhaps. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that dropping Salah to the bench is a is a bad idea. Uh, we got Burnley at home, um, and we've played. We got uh, our game against uh, Munich coming up. Um, Fulham's the one after us. We've got, we've got a couple of Premier League games where you know we can afford to rest somebody like Salah, who's um, like I say, who's, who's not doesn't seem to be playing himself into much form at the moment. Um, now whether he puts Firmino wide and put Rigi down the middle or even Rigi wide, it's, it's, it's hardly, uh, well, it doesn't seem to be the, the best idea um, normally. Although against, against uh, Burnley, they're quite physical, aren't they? Quite combative. Um, maybe he changes it completely and puts, uh, goes 4-4-2. <laughs> um, I don't know, but I, don't, I just don't see... Yes, Salah's a very good player, and Salah normally anywhere on that front three um, will bang the goals in. But um, I, he's not a man in, in form, uh, as he seems to be showing at the moment. Uh, I don't know that dropping Origi would have meant that um, we'd have we'd have necessarily won the game. Uh, when Firmino came on, we didn't really uh, create that many chances. Everton probably looked more likely to to score. Well, not score because they didn't really have a chance. Well, they didn't really have a. They never looked like scoring Everton, but they, they almost <laughs> did, if you know what I mean. So they got to the, uh, yeah, ever, did everything right, got the ball in. Van Dijk throws up a lot of, um, yeah, just a lot of, yeah. just, just yeah, fairly imperious, as you said. 
So uh, I'm hearing drop salad for it. I mean that that would be bold uh, if you're saying have a bit of a rest maybe. But then if you are uh, if you nil nil with Burnley after sixty minutes, he's, he's going to turn to him anyway, isn't he? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I must I must say, bomb Salah out the squad. <laughs> just saying. Sounds like you think I'm you just need saying to rest and a recharge though. Um, yeah, but it, and if we if we're two 0 up against Burnley, you know why bring him on? Um, Oh, he's, he's always there as an option, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't. He's there as an option. <laughs> yeah, your very best option. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. So I think um, a lot's been made of the way Klopp was after the game and some of the ridiculous things he said, and there were stupid things he said about wind and um, he got had off by the, the ball boy who was clapping in his face and, and and fair play, you know. Klopp was all over the place, but was that Klopp just? I think I said to you, was that Klopp just taking in the shine off uh, or taking the um, attention away like Jose used to do and Fergie and all the all the other kind of good managers taking the pressure off their players, um, taking the scrutiny away from what effectively was probably Salah was going to get um, quite a bit of stick for, for missing good chances and, and probably costing us the game. Or was he trying to take stick off... Uh... The fact that he's, he seems to set you up twice in a, in a couple of very big games for for you, not not so much for your league position, but as much for your fans as well, for two very poor performances and seemingly not not going out to win the game. Is, is he really trying to take some pressure on himself, or or even better, is he, is he bottling it when it matters most, as as he has done in quite a few finals before? <laughs> uh, in finals, but yeah, yeah, I like this. He has he has lost. I think he's lost every final he's played for Liverpool anyway, and he's lost quite a few before for Dortmund, didn't he? But um, I don't see that he's necessarily bottled it yet. I mean, we clawed back five point, um, a City five-point lead early in the season. Uh, they've clawed back what was a ten-point lead, although they had a game in hand at the time. Um, we're, we're a point behind them. We're about to, to break every record of our Premier League total points, unless everything goes, um, unless we completely capitulate. And we've only lost one game this season. Yeah, we're put behind City with with nine still to go. Um, City are on a already on a good run. Uh, City have got if City win the last the last nine games, they finish on ninety eight points, and we finish if we win our last nine games, we finish on ninety seven. So I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we can say he's bottling it quite. Um, I still I still think we'll we'll finish above City. I think the distractions of Champions League and FA Cup and everything else that they've got going is is one. We need to sort ourselves out, you know. Don't get me wrong. And um, a game against Burnley and, and uh, Fulham as our next two is probably a, a good a time as any. Uh, and then there's a period in in April where we actually play two more games than than City, um, and there's a chance for us to to put the pressure on. And if we don't, then yeah, then you can perhaps label things about us bottling bottling it. But at the moment, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I, I, season's far from over. And I, I still not as confident as I was, but I still think that we're going to win the league. Gareth, Gareth, come on now! It's 2019. This isn't the time for reasonful or a long-term thing. It's this. What? What? What have you done for me lately? It's the uh, Twitter generation. It's what's happened recently. <laughs> That's true. You can. Uh, you can say that. Yeah. You think the Paul can still win the league in the league? I'm going to say the clock's bottled it, and you're uh, on a downward spiral. And speaking of downward spirals, <laughs> uh, Real Madrid have just conceded a third to Ajax. So Ajax. Ooh, dear me! So they now need to score three in a bit under half an hour to go for a yeah three new Ajax at the Bernabeu. That is uh, quite a fall for the front. Oh, yeah. The, Three-time champions at the minute. Um, is it four and five years? Well, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Looks like the young Ajax guns. Not a couple of nice girls too. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, um, the other big game of the weekend was of course the North London derby, um, in which I, I thought that Arsenal were probably a better team. I thought Spurs were very average to be honest, and and, um, and got away with. I mean, obviously the penalty, um, the penalty was was ter- from a bang and was terrible, um, and should have should have made it two one. But but generally, yeah, I thought I don't, I don't think it's been Spurs that bad. I don't watch all the games, but I thought they were. Very average, and um, mm. and makes me wonder now that I, I well, we talk every uh, every other week about the title <laughs> challenge, and now I wonder if the player like that are they uh, are they a danger of falling out of the top four, and uh, yeah, well, where are you, with Spurs? Well, I, I was surprised because yeah, that if if Arsenal had won, um, they'd have cut the point down, there'd have been a point behind Spurs, which seems bonkers because Spurs seem to have had a a good a season as they've had for a long time. Um, and Arsenal seem to have been off the pace for much of the season and to be suddenly potentially be a point behind Spurs um, just seemed a bit nuts but I know they didn't didn't actually win in the end um, so they're still still four points behind but yeah it's um, sort of taking me a bit by surprise really I'm surprised sort of how close sort of Arsenal and, and Chelsea and that were to Spurs uh, and United of course um, but with regards to the game yeah I, I, it, <laughs> It's a bit odd, isn't it? Since Kane's come back, Spurs don't seem as good, <laughs> which, which is bonkers. Um, especially as he scored in um, in the two of the games that he's come back to, um, albeit one was a one was a penalty. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Arsenal the Arsenal one at the end. I mean, it, it, well, it was never a penalty, was it, for Bamiyang? Um, uh, although... I mean, it was soft, but you could say the same about the Spurs penalty. Uh, I was, well, I was more bothered. Uh, I was. I, I, I was <laughs> Mustafi, Mustafi had no attempt to play with the ball. Yeah, but I mean, Kane's offside, so she never got to that stage. Um, well, yeah, there's, there's debate on that, isn't it? It, it's, uh, it was the Times that did, a, did an article about whether he was... Because he wasn't uh, making an attempt to go for the ball, then it didn't matter that he was offside. Um, the the grey area of offside seems to be becoming even greyer, and uh, referees are openly uh, debating or disagreeing with each other whether, whether the decision should have been offside or not. So, um, yeah, well... So whether whether Kane was offside or not depends on your interpretation of the rules by the sounds of it. But yeah, I, um, I interpreted it was offside. Um, but I was I, I was <laughs> as annoyed by the uh, the uh, Lacazette who missed I thought two absolute sitters and, and could have hmm. and yeah one only second half that really could have probably put the game to bed because Spurs looked like they're to be uh, yeah looked like Spurs just looked like they wanted to be out there which is is very unlike them. Oh, hmm. there's uh, just been a big VAR review for that third goal, but it's. They've given it after the ball couldn't be any closer to being out. It could have been out actually off the pitch before he goes plays back in for the goal, but uh, <laughs> they've held it. So yeah, still three nil Ajax. But yeah, Arsenal. I mean, not, not not to say that Arsenal were superb by any stretch, um, but they just they were quite they were quite good defensively, which has been very high on Arsenal this season. Um, and yeah, your point about Kane is a very valid one because that has been cut counterintuitive to Spurs the last few seasons. He's been their talisman, but. Um, yeah, but he was kept reasonably quiet by Socrates, who, who I don't think had a bad debut season for Arsenal, but he's hardly had a great one either. Um, hmm. Not not always for Arsenal's defensive shape, Germany's bad, so he's, he gets a bit victimised that, and he's, he's certainly no Mustafi. But uh, yeah, for Arsenal, I'd probably had some chances to win it and could have um, could have taken it. And even at, if you see the replay for the penalty, um, the Tongans, uh, yeah, dived in as you uh, referenced earlier to the. He's practically on the six-yard box and Adanga hits it. Um, yeah. for the rebound but yeah um, 
but Arsenal will get another chance against the big team this weekend as they've got uh, Man United and probably the tie of the weekend is is that the battle for fourth or like, was, like we were just discussing with Spurs could they, could they both get uh, top four United and Arsenal is that the Emirates um, well you the question is, what, United and Arsenal's going to get fourth, or...? I'm saying, could you think they both qualify, or do you think this is the battle for fourth, or, uh, or do you think Chelsea will beat them both? Where, where, where do you see the uh, Champions League going? Oh, I see, but bear in mind that Spurs are still third. So I thought you were asking whether, whether United and Arsenal are both going to get top four. Um, they could, I mean, like we, I'm saying, I think Spurs uh, are going further in the Champions League, and if they play that in the Premiership, I think they're in danger of dropping more points, so could, could they be in danger of falling out of top four? Uh, and would, would, you, would United and Spurs, would United and Arsenal be the beneficiaries? I guess. Uh, okay, no, I don't think Spurs are going to drop out of the top four. Um, yeah, we keep like I say, we keep saying that they're having a, a good season. Okay, they, were, they seem to get closer now to, um, to United, Arsenal, and Chelsea than they do to Liverpool and City. But um, yeah, I think Spurs are still are still a good side, uh, and they're, they're, well, they're certainly flying in the Champions League anyway, aren't they? But yeah, maybe maybe the distraction thing. I'd, I'd see your point, but. No, I still think Spurs will stay there. Um, United and Arsenal. Yeah, well, Chelsea are back on song, aren't they? After beating the mighty Fulham. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe Chelsea are going to come back into the top four. I think that's what we that we originally predicted um, a couple of months back. <laughs> it was going to be Chelsea, Spurs as the, uh, the the other two top four teams. Yeah, yeah I'm not convinced about that. I mean, yeah, they've looked better, but I still feel Chelsea look a bit fragile. Um, and... Uh, yeah, uh, it's an interesting game this week in Arsenal United. Um, yeah, I mean United have now got uh, Lukaku playing well again. Um, so is he mm. back in the side and play Rashford out wide? Uh, yeah, uh, I mean last time they came to the Emirates in the FA Cup, they did a bit of a number on uh, on Arsenal. Uh, we'll see if it's it's possible again. But yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, we're good away obviously against Spurs at the weekend, but they tend to be a far better side at home and yeah, more secure. So. I think, I think Arsenal could, uh, could perhaps nick a win, and if they do, then it, yeah, it's, it's getting very interesting. Spurs, they are a good side, but they've still got to go to your place, haven't they? Which is should be a struggle for them. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of ways. And can City go. as well. Yeah, they've got City again as well. So yeah, not that I think Arsenal or United will win every game for the rest of the season, but um, yeah, I just I just was surprised that Spurs how bad they looked really, and maybe it was just a blip. And um, but mm. yeah, you think in a game that, uh, but yeah, you just wonder if the Champions League is. And perhaps fairly is uh, is their focus all Real Madrid goal so three one uh, only pr- only three more goals needed two more left <laughs> no oh, two, sorry, more. two two more goals needed um, yeah. but yeah uh, just just yeah as Spurs yeah I, I rate them highly as well and, um, and maybe maybe they are better to concentrate on the Champions League as it's, it's they should probably still creep into the top floor but but then yeah but you look at the other teams in there United are still in the Champions League right? they may well go out um, but then Arsenal and Chelsea are still in the Europa League aren't they they've all still got other things to fight for at the minute yeah and then City and uh, yeah City are fighting every uh, yeah go for the quadruple aren't they so um, <laughs> depth uh, yeah depth will start getting tested you think and uh, I suppose Spurs then will uh, will make the comment that could they spend some more money Mm. Or should they have done? But um, but yeah, they, I don't think they've become a bad bad side overnight, and they should still have. You know, it would be it would be very interesting if Arsenal nicked the win, but four points to an Arsenal, yeah, but you should should have enough. Mm. Uh, but we, after a week off, Gareth, and um, watching the mighty Leicester Tigers get a very jammy winning against Wasps with a, a late disallowed try that probably wasn't probably wasn't try. 
Uh, we're back in <laughs> back to the big boys, uh, Six Nations this uh, weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we, we talked at length about the, the horrible tie last round, but uh, what it has meant <laughs> with uh, Wales beating England is that the Welsh are in the driving seat for the Championship and the Grand Slam. Uh, but off to off uh, up over the border this weekend, up past Hadrian's Wall to Scotland to Murrayfield to take on the Scots. Uh, can can the Scots uh, stop the march of the dragon? Um, in a word, no. Uh, Scotland, uh, they've not got a great record against Wales anyway. Um, Scotland uh, got a lot of injuries and seem to have more injuries almost by the day. Uh, there's a couple more um, injuries they've announced today. Uh, Maitland and um, Chris Harris are both out. Um, Hogg's still unavailable. Uh, so they've, they've, I think they've got a team of about tw- um, 11, 15 players plus plus the subs now who, uh, who could be on their um, injury injured injured team oh sorry to interrupt um, but Ajax have just scored off a free kick that looked like it should have been a cross so that should be the game for Ajax 4-1 Ajax wow, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, mate. but yes go, go back Madrid. to go on sorry I was going to say so Madrid would need still need three then wouldn't they but now they're free to be where they'll be sick yeah, Ajax have got four away goals so yeah now they're free to make it a 6-5 on aggregate tie um, <laughs> but yeah going back and how to, long uh, left uh, what we got well, 18 minutes plus injury time mm. But yeah, going back to the casualty list in Scotland. Um, yeah. Yes. So, so I think they've got a lot of injuries anyway. Um, I mean, they, they were awful against France um, last time out. Wales got the momentum, um, but in typical, <laughs> typical Welsh style, uh, are Wales in danger of shooting themselves in the foot because, well, everything seems to be quite rosy on the international front. Uh, anything is uh, everything is anything but rosy on the uh, on the club and region region foot. And there's talk of merging regions, uh, which you know a lot of the a lot of the Welsh players are based in Wales, and um, yeah, it's, it's bound to impact. Well, you'd have thought anyway. It's bound to impact some of the anxieties around their their club futures. Um, so yeah, just hope. That <laughs> That all the talk about mergers and what's going to happen in the uh, in the Welsh regions hasn't taken the, the eye off the ball um, for the international point of view. Yeah, well, I think, uh, like you say, if, if Scotland had a full side in Murrayfield, I'd think it'd be quite an interesting game. But I know Finn Russell is back, which should be a big boost for him. But yeah, lost Maitland, Hugh Jones isn't there. Uh, as you say, Stuart Hogg, most importantly. So half their back division's gone in there. Mm. And, and that's their strength, really. And it's not, they're not a Side of the dominant forward pack, um, yeah, and um, sort of Jim Telford was giving some of their pack stick this week, um, which did make me chuckle. Um, yeah, I think uh, I don't think it would be pretty. Uh, I, don't, I don't think you, you, you haven't batted anyone in this tournament so far, have you? And I don't think it's probably really what you're trying to do the way you play. Uh, it seems to be keep it reasonably tight, very solid defence, and then bring bigger off the bench to sort of guide you home. Uh, yeah, well, he's kept the same side, yes, so. Um, um, Dance comes back in, well, back starting again, um, which which I don't think's a, a, been a bit frustrated with Anscombe, and I don't think he's shown anywhere near what his qualities can be. But on the same footing, when you've got bigger to come on after, like Eddie Jones always used to talk about finishes, didn't he? Oh, I was going to, um, you beat me to it. You were just going to talk about Gatlin copying an Eddie Jones tactic. Um. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So Eddie Jones always used to talk about finishes and uh, how important they were, and. Um, I don't think that was an Eddie Jones phenomenon that he suddenly made up. Um, Definitely he, uh, started, started, started two came, years ago. Probably came from New Zealand somewhere. Um, but uh, but yeah, he certainly sees bigger as um, 
because this finisher um, or this man to come off the bench and just yeah just close out the game or win the game for us. Um, so yeah, so while I think bigger is the better option than Anscombe, um, I, don't, I don't mind the idea that Anscombe plays for the first 50, 50 odd minutes and then bigger comes on and yeah, and get and guides guides Wales home. <laughs> um, yeah, seems seems odd to to plan your your bench like that way, but um, yeah, that uh, seems to be uh, the Welsh tactic so far. So. Yeah, let's keep it keep it going, and I think roll on for so it's Saturday afternoon about quarter past two, I think, on the, for the Welsh game, um, and then the big game is the uh, the Ireland game the week after. The Grand Slam's on the line, and um, Ireland's kind of anything to, for Ireland to do to salvage their uh, well, their Six Nations really. Well, speaking of Ireland, they've got probably quite an interesting game against uh, France. I mean, at their place, but Ireland haven't impressed all tournament. France. Finally looked a bit better with mm. a very young side out against, or a lot younger side out against Scotland, and they did better. But yeah, so that, that could be an interesting game. And Ireland do look a bit shorn of uh, confidence again, more of a game plan. They don't seem to be um, controlling it with Sexton and Murray like they usually do. They don't seem to be winning the physical battle or you know getting over the game line. They just look a bit. Uh, yeah, they look a hell of a lot less physical and. Uh, Strong and smart as they usually as they have done the last two years, um, could could France cause many problems? It'd be great if it did, <laughs> um, and maybe the uh, confidence of the Scotland game, you know, that maybe that will boost France. But I can't see, I can't see Ireland. Um, yeah, I think the England game was a blip, and although they haven't been great so far this tournament, I can't see Ireland um, losing losing to France. Um, yeah, I think I think Ireland beat beat France quite comfortably. Probably, uh, I don't know, probably ten points or so. Mm, uh, I'd, I'd probably say single figures, but yeah, I mean, it'd be real. No, if things were, but yeah, the alarm bells would really be going off. If they lose to France at home. Um, you know, they they struggled against France last year, didn't they? And got a very got away with one with a, a sexton drop goal to save them. But mm. um, yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah, France are, are very capable of shooting themselves in the foot and. Probably aren't as, as smart as a uh, as Ireland, and then yeah, Ireland should be street too street wise for them. And I mean, uh, from an English perspective, I suppose we want Ireland to win because then they'll be fully pumped for uh, the game against you, and, and hopefully can nick a result. And yeah, if we can get a bonus point against Italy this weekend. I'm off to Dragon. Uh, yeah, hope we can get a bonus point this weekend. Um, and uh, yeah, could be a, a very interesting last day for the Six Nations. Yeah, I mean, you might get a bonus point. Um, I suppose you've got to. Oh, it's only if you lose by less than seven, though, isn't it? Um, yeah. But other than that, I think uh, I think Italy got to be confident coming to you, haven't they? <laughs> you yeah, get the uh, get the jackal out again. Um, <laughs> yeah. that, you, you laugh at it, but that flummoxed you a couple of years ago. Even asking, was it Haskell asking the referee uh, how how do we defend against this? Well, I, I think they've changed the rules since then. So uh, unless uh, <laughs> unless they, uh, they've got Brendan Venner back in to make another tactic up that we can't understand. Um, <laughs> Well, it could be anything. We, 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 yeah. It should be okay, but you know, I mean, you saw how well we adapted our game plan against you a couple of weeks back. Um, if it's not working, yeah, change just, it. Just so it seems to be the England way. Um, yeah, just, no, it doesn't. Uh, but yeah, I'm still hopeful we uh, should have too much for Italy, even with uh, a couple mm. of injuries here and there. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll be fine, and then um, yeah, just have to hope you slip up uh, either this weekend or next. So, would you say England bottled it? No, just a bad performance. Uh, <laughs> just 
day, yeah, just just a little slightly off day, and um, yeah, didn't didn't take a chances really. Mm. Um, but yeah, we'll be good for the Six Nations back. Only two more weeks of it. Yeah, yeah, exciting. It's, it's still, even even from a disappointed Englishman's perspective, it's still uh, it's still going to be a best tournament around, isn't it? It has. I mean, I will, uh, as you've probably seen this week, there's been a lot of talk about the World Rugby League, haven't they? With two, um, which has mm. been pretty much universally condemned by everyone. Um, and yeah, the sort of headline proposals were uh, five awesome internationals back to back, which kind of got every player worried because that's quite a, a physical toll. Um, and rather than having friendlies as they are now, and um, I, I look forward to the Autumn Nationals every year and think they're great so uh, uh, I don't think it has to be a worry that they're friendlies as such they're, they're, the games are anything but uh, they won't make it mm. a new format um, and yeah it, it broadly seems to be a proposal to uh, solidify that to bring in a couple more nations but then cut out other smaller nations like Pacific Islands and um, mainly about money again unsurprisingly um, yeah. so yeah I think they'll, they'll, there's some debate about whether they get over the line and um, one good thing about I was going to say one good thing about say, world, I, 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 yeah. world rugby is that they yeah they, the politics are always very interesting so trying to get that through could could prove a battle mm. yeah, I, I don't think that, I don't think they get that through at all there's been just widespread uproar that the, <laughs> the idea isn't there yeah um, the, yeah sounds like a lot of debate yet um, but yeah man, man, see, um, money talks Uruguay beat Uruguay beat uh, USA as well yeah, um, big result over the weekend. So that you know, is it quite a poignant uh, result while uh, while they're talking about this rugby uh, rugby league um, for yeah one of the perhaps unfancied nations to uh, to beat one of the bigger nations. Speaking of rugby league, Gareth, beautiful segue. I managed to uh, managed to see some live rugby league this weekend. Super League rugby uh, rugby league normally known as a sunny a summer sport. It was anything but on uh, Sunday as I went and watched the London Broncos return to London after a few years absent from the Super League. Uh, shocked mm. the Wigan Warriors, uh, last year's champions. Um, yeah, it'd be something like, uh, I don't know, yeah, Huddersfield when they come up beating City um, uh, in a very uh, very <laughs> small ground. Uh, yeah, it was uh, about 3,000 past it. It was barely a ground, it was an actual rugby club. They had a player eating trail finders. Um, but yeah, it was, was quite the upset and uh, did. Uh, enjoy the return of Super League to London and uh, a fair play was it was a great result for him. Um, so, so were you to, to just to clarify were you, who were you supporting in the rugby league? Oh, I'm actually a Wigan fan, uh, but I was. <laughs> from, uh, were you very pleased that London beat Wigan? I always win-win, you know. You've got the local, <laughs> local club doing well, and uh, Wigan will uh, Wigan will rise again this season. Although we haven't got a point yet because of uh, some deductions due to salary cap, but I think Wigan will be just just fine for uh, points. Whereas London. Um, yeah, they, everyone, they need everyone they can get to stay, so to not get relegated. So, uh, yeah, it was. Oh, I'll say a win-win go. If you know one of them, where <laughs> just can't can't lose as a, as a, as a hardcore fan. Um, yeah, sounds it. But uh, yeah, no, it, it was good fun and uh, very much enjoyed. And uh, anyone London based, you want to get yourself a, a nice day out, get down to Indian Trail Finals for a London Broncos game. Mm. Will, will you be going again then? Oh yeah, definitely get down there again. Um, it's uh, yeah, so it's got quite a nice uh, small field. I've been to I went to London Broncos when they played the Valley uh, many years ago, and, and when you've got a crowd of about three thousand to twenty thousand stadium, or um, it's yeah, it doesn't really quite fit. But uh, a small program, just just a better atmosphere and a, a nice feel about it. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'll get down there again. It's probably uh, probably better better sport watching um, that than, than watching Charlton at the Valley, wouldn't it? 
Probably, yeah, certainly at the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, not, not a great time for Shelton. Um, lastly, Gareth, we've got a question from the barmaid this week. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, Gareth Belch, Mr. Well, sort of a one on one, but ball came to him on the uh, edge and the keeper spread out at him. Uh, question from uh, Anna in uh, North Wales in, in Bangor, I believe. Um, who asked uh, why, and I'm guessing she, what she's getting at is why after just one Tour de France win, as Geraint Summers won a sports personality year, whereas Chris Froome on four, he's won, hasn't he? Four, Froome? Yeah, four, yeah. Uh, yeah, Chris Froome, he's won four. Um, yeah, probably, well, not, I mean, undoubtedly Britain's greatest ever uh, road cyclist. Uh, why has he never won one? Or I guess around wider question, why has he never received a uh, greater public sport? Yeah, it's a bit of an odd one. Um, uh, for, for the listeners, uh, I'm a, I really like Froome and I like Thomas. Uh, I'm not a massive fan of Wiggins. Whereas you, Jono, you're a big fan of Wiggins, less of a fan of Froome and... Sort of indifferent about Thomas, would that be about right? Yeah, I, I quite like Thomas, but um, but yeah, yeah, I'd be be Wiggins over the other two for sure. Mm. Um, it, it it's odd. I, th- I think Froome's um, ability and, like you say, he's probably the well, he is the greatest ever uh, road cyclist. Um, an argument to say whether he's the, the greatest ever cyclist uh, for Britain. Um, he's not only has he won his four Tour de France's, he's also won the Vuelta and the um, the Giro, uh, the other two kind of uh, big, big um, grand tours in the uh, in the cycling world, uh, and he's yeah he's <laughs> he's kind of really put him on the back of Wiggins, I suppose, has really put um, British cycling on the map, uh, and yet yeah, there's there's very little there doesn't seem to be much love for him. Never mind, <laughs> very much recommendation recommendation for um, yeah recommendation for him to be a sports personality or. Uh, yeah, recognising his uh, his good good performances. Um, I mean, the, the sports personality thing is odd anyway. Um, it's never really about personalities. It's not always about personalities, is it? But um, it's just yeah, it's kind of like a Twitter vote, really, isn't it? Um, so yeah, I d- d- not really got an answer as why that's that's happened, other than I don't know. Is it because Froome's from Kenya? Is um, is that the issue? That's where I'd probably go. Um, Although having said that, um, Wiggins is from Belgium, isn't he? So yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't sound like he is though. Whereas uh, when when Froome talks, you can very much hear the the African in him. And um, I wonder if it's just as simple as, mm. as that. Really, uh, I was trying to think off, off you know off the top of my head um, other British sporting greats who have been um, who have been from abroad. Uh, you know, now nationalised by us, I suppose. Who have been hmm. universally loved, and there's not many. You know, I think of someone like, oh, I actually could have scored a fifth sitter. Um, you know, someone like Lennox <laughs> Lewis, undoubtedly the greatest heavyweight boxer Britain's ever seen, and um, one of the great heavyweights. I don't think was ever universally loved, and I think probably some of that was due to the fact he had a bit of a Canadian twang and, and never quite hmm. seemed as as lovable and as as British as a Frank Bruno, who who was wasn't nearly as good, but had a bit more of a funniness about him. Uh, Greg Brzezinski, okay, not the same level as a Lewis, but he was, you know, <laughs> um, Canadian. I suppose Kevin Peterson was quite popular, but even then, um, with yeah, he was yeah, very much a sort of a bit of a show pony, really, and was 
was liked and was um, fans enjoyed him, but he was always at the potential of going wrong with the media. And uh, yeah, just kind of from you know, Mo Farah would be another one, but Mo, Mo Farah again sounds a bit more like a Londoner. Whereas yeah, and Wiggins is a bit of a rock star who is charismatic and is a bit wild. Whereas Froome isn't particularly exciting when he talks and he just seems to get on with his cycling. And I wonder if it's just as simple as that really that he um, doesn't have the the sort of fun image and uh, is seen as a, a bit of an outsider, which doesn't sound great. It sounds a bit prejudiced. Um, yeah, I mean you've got you've got the potential failed drug test from Froome, but then with Wiggins you've got the the jiffy bag interesting, and neither of them appear particularly clean. Um, or they'll both have mm. questions to answer about their off, off field. I think yeah, just I think Froome's probably not quite seen as as one of us, and and yeah, um, Wiggins probably also got the benefit of timing in terms of coming on the scene right at the time of sort of the 2012 Olympics, um, and it all came together very nicely for him, uh, and. Yeah, while, while cycling in this country seems to to go from strength to strength, I know that every time I cross the road in London, I'm, I'm at risk of getting run over by one, or, or they're, <laughs> they're, they're at risk of being bouncing off me. Um, yeah, just, just think for him probably has, has never been quite taken as a, as a true Brit, and that might be where it all falls down for him. Um, yeah, I, I, mean, I think I'd be harsh putting him in the same bracket as Badly Wiggins in terms of, uh, of doping and um, potential uh, cheating, but, but there we go. Uh, that's probably for... Again, that's probably for another podcast where we can argue about this until uh, we're both blue in the face. We, we've had that um, debate a few times, Gareth, and yeah, um, <laughs> depends if you prefer your, but, your jiffy bag or your fake, uh, your potential failed test that no one's really sure about. Um, it, yeah, both uh, were, were stories from hackers, weren't they? So, um, yeah, Russian hackers who revealed the story. So, uh, yeah, both odd. But yeah, carry on with. Uh, yeah, this is to say, so you're right, Greg Wazetsky, um is, is probably. Kind of the the oldest one, if you like, of the of the foreign contingent to get a um, get a sports personality award. Um, Froome, uh, yeah, I think probably people kind of thought, well, we've we've done we've done cycling, we did Wiggins, so we don't need to keep rewarding cyclists. It's, uh, it can't be that hard if, uh, if Wiggins did it. And I don't think people really recognise um, how how much of an achievement it is for for Froome. And I, I suppose a lot of people will look at Sky's tactics and say. Well, it's um, Froome has it easy. Um, it's more about um, kind of just finishing, and and maybe on that on that note, there's a bit of a feeling of sorry for for G for Geraint, and uh, that he wasn't meant to be the the leader for uh, for Sky, um, and yet he became the leader um, by his own right, really, by fighting, and um, and on the it was only on the last few days, really, that. The team sort of focused their uh, all their efforts to make sure uh, Geraint won. So, yeah, I don't know whether it's some of sort of the casual observer to see uh, Sky's tactics and and more of an issue with Sky perhaps than than Froome himself. But, but yeah, it, it, I think it is. I think it is strange how um, how he's not been recognised. Uh, but then if it, if it is actually personality, like you touched on before, Froome isn't the most charismatic. Um, whereas Geraint seems to be. Universally loved um, within the peloton and, and outside of it, and some of the sort of quips that he makes. Um, he's a very keen Arsenal fan, and people usually pick up on things like that. You know, I, I know I'm a sucker for it myself. You know, he's Welshman, so uh, there we go. He's got my support, and um, Arsenal fans may just look at him and say, "Well, he's he's an Arsenal fan, so let's support him." And perhaps Froome hasn't got got the same kind of um, backing of support from the many. Uh, I don't know. Kenyans, I suppose, that would be that would perhaps vote for him, or yeah, I don't know whether he's he, he, 
publicly aligns himself to uh, to any other organisation or club. Yeah, I suppose in, in fairness that we are talking about a, a fairly niche sport in, in the populace, really, aren't we? So it still seems odd that um, someone like a, a Thomas can sort of rise up quite quickly, really, and um, and take it, whereas a, a Froome has had multiple attempts at it and still not got anywhere. Um, mm. You just, yeah, it, it just, um, yeah, it just seems he hasn't. <laughs> Probably really haven't taken to him, and it, it, but it still seems surprising they did take to uh, to Wiggins either to a degree. I don't, you know, he's got a bit of the more as you say rock star, but certainly Geraint, who, who did have a supreme effort, and um, yeah, <laughs> is it just uh, blatant nationalism or uh, you know, uh, and just yeah, who who backing that really? And what, was it anything to do with the? Wasn't didn't they changed the the vote this year, so it was more voted on the night, wasn't it, rather than? Um, was there a change to how much public influence you could have? Yes, I believe there was. Um, yeah, so people maybe caught caught up in the the G or the Geraint story on the night and and then voted for him. Um, yeah, don't know whether that would have had any any particular influence. Yeah, you just think with someone like Andy Murray wins three times in in the years when Froome could have had. Um, well, yeah, certainly two of the years Froome was was champion. You, you thought Froome could have nicked it one of them years, essentially. And yeah, other people like Alistair Brown and Kevin Sinfield uh, coming in the top three. Uh, Nick Skelton even for uh, show mm-hmm. jumping. Um, yeah, Froome never's getting there at all. Seems that just yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't been <laughs> hasn't been taken into our hearts at all. And yeah, I'm struggling to think of a reason beyond that he's not seemed a, a true Brit. Hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, look forward to Brexit then, eh? Yes, uh, always, always. Uh, <laughs> but thanks very much, Anna. Yeah, um, it's, it's an interesting question. And we'll, um, yeah, wonder if Froome will ever get the credit he probably deserves. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's all this week then, Gareth. Yeah. I'll uh, chat, catch up with you next week, hopefully off to celebrate a famous Scotland win at Murrayfield. <laughs> um, yeah, well, uh, hopefully not. Um, but yeah, I'll uh, thanks very much and see you next week. See you next week.